Hi, my name is Allie Williams, and I am obsessed with all things business, building a life you love, and living via leaps of faith. I'm a 5-1 fireball of spunk and fun. Four years ago, I left my old Kentucky home via a 72-hour crowdfunding campaign to join an entrepreneurial program in Silicon Valley. Little did I know after, I would actually be learning in the best classroom, the world. From fun to failure to deep faith-forming seasons, I explored, built businesses, loved life, met a boy on an Instagram dating show, and realized I was finally ready to bet on myself. Now, I'm coming to you from North Carolina to teach you what my years of chasing success taught me. Life is not about beating or becoming anyone else. It's not about your income, accomplishments, or wins. It's about your integrity. The things you want simply lead you to accumulating the courage and character you crave. The process allows you to be exactly who you've always wanted to be. Here, we're focused on one thing, helping you live your best life. Yep, I am indeed the hype girl you never knew you needed. So buckle up, because I believe you were created to change the world, but that requires you to believe it too. The question is, will you? Here, you're gonna discover how. So let's dive in, shall we? Welcome to life right up your alley. Hello, and welcome back to the right up your alley podcast. You guys, we're talking about sales today, which so many of you might want to click away because who here, like raise your hand if sales makes your hands sweat and you like a little bit nervous or anxious. This is exactly what you need to be listening to. I have literally the sales mastermind here all the way from LA, my old homeland to talk to you about why sales are not sleazy, go into it and talk about our new freaking book because we are so here for that and for her. So welcome to the show, Carrie Brady. Hi, thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. This is going to be so fun. Oh my gosh, it really is. You guys, you're like mapping out the episode before this and she was saying things and I was like, okay, please stop. Like we just need to start recording now because it's so good. So I am pumped for you guys to hear this. Um, I really want to start with your background. We do this every single episode. So Carrie, tell us about you. Tell us about your business, all the things. Yeah, I'll give you like a little rundown Spark Notes version, if you will. But I actually dipped my toe into entrepreneurship uh, seven years ago. I was actually only 19 when I first started my first business. I was going to college for biomedical engineering. I wanted to work as like a physical therapist with prosthetics, amputations. My dad was in the military, so I wanted to work with like the Wounded Warriors program, but he actually got into an accident and broke his neck my first year of college. And at that point, my mom was working for a nonprofit and, you know, my brother was younger, my sister had kids. So it was really only me that could come home and then be his full-time caretaker. So I dropped out of college, moved home, but I still wanted a certain level of independence. You know, my parents were like, we'll pay your bills. We'll help support you. Like we just appreciate you doing for this, this for us, obviously, but I'm an Enneagram eight. Not sure if anyone follows the Enneagram here. So I'm like massively independent. And I was like, absolutely not. Oh my God. This is like my biggest fear having to rely on my parents all over again. So I was like, I will start a business and try to make some money where I can like work on my own terms. And I had, you know, obviously been like, seeing all of this online arena kind of pop up. And I wanted to see if I could take advantage of it. Never thought I would be an entrepreneur. Like that was never my dream, but I was like, you know what, I'm going to try. And so, you know, at 19, I got my personal training certification because I was really into health and fitness. And I thought that was kind of like a natural flow for me. 
Um, but I quickly learned that I knew absolutely nothing about business. And I'm sure a lot of people feel that way when they first get started. It's kind of like this slap in the face of everything that you don't know. And I knew I was really good at what I had to offer. I was really good at health and fitness and coaching. And I cared about my clients, but I wasn't good at the business part. And I was like, oh, you know, I didn't get into entrepreneurship to be a salesperson. Like my offer is really good. It'll just sell itself. People will come to me through word of mouth, whatever. That didn't happen. So for two years, I really just struggled. Like I was really honestly just not good at business. And I was like, thought it was me. I was like, you know, if this is what entrepreneurship is supposed to be like, like maybe this just, I'm not cut out for it, but it wasn't until I started like surrounding myself with people who are doing entrepreneurship the right way that I was like, wait a second, reel it in. Like it could be just done differently. That might be a better fit for me. You know, I kind of grew up thinking that business was aggressive and dominant. And I didn't feel good when I implemented those tactics. So I was just like, okay, well, like if this doesn't feel good for me, maybe I'm just not cut out for it. When in reality, I needed to just set rules that better fit my personality and who I was, especially as a woman in business, because women tend to naturally treat business a little bit differently than men. So basically fast forward, I started to actually just value a little bit more of my problems. I'm sure if you have heard Ali talk, she's talked, I'm sure a ton about like investing and, you know, solving these problems that are popping up for you. And I was like, okay, if I want to get better at sales, I need to value the problem enough to fix it, which means I need to start investing and learning how to be better at sales. So I took a sales program And, you know, from there I started selling four figure packages for health and fitness coaching, you know, really identifying the right target market, learning how to speak to them and in a way that made them feel really empowered to make the decision. And it was kind of like a night and day almost experience. Uh, From there, I got hired on to actually do sales for another influencer in the health and fitness space. And I sold $150,000 worth of her program in six months. And she was like, you are really good at this. You should help teach other people, you know, sales too, since you've kind of mastered this new way of really just like feeling really good, not being masculine, not being aggressive, not being super dominant. And so I started teaching sales and that was in 2018. Then from there, you know, since 2018, I've done seven figures in, you know, business in the online space and just like helping women capitalize on tools they already have in their tool belt, you know, emotional intelligence, connection, things that women naturally use on a day-to-day basis, but they don't understand as part of the sales process. So just really sharpening those tools and letting women know that you can rewrite the rules of business in a way that better suits you. And that's exactly what my whole book is basically about. It's called Don't Settle for a Seat. And it just talks about how we shouldn't be trying to force ourselves to fit into a mold of this old standard of business or what society has told us business is. We should create rules that feel good for us in different ways that we naturally kind of vibe with business that we can kind of tap into to sell and just be present in a way that naturally fits us. Yeah. So good. Oh my gosh. I love everything that you just said. I flip flop between a seven and an eight on the Enneagram. And so I like, I love my eight. She's like my champion. (laughs) So anyway, love that big eight energy and so much truth in what you're saying. And I love that you're able to kind of flip it on its head as you just kind of tell that story too. the standard that sales is masculine, scary, overwhelming, going to make people not like you going to isolate people, et cetera, et cetera. When really like sales is one of the ultimate invitations into actually loving someone really well, in my opinion, if you're aligned with what you're creating and selling. So with that, I think one of the biggest myths that I hear when I am coaching and in you know the entrepreneurial world is that women actually don't believe they fit into it. That entrepreneurship is more of a man's world, that men do better, and that the way that we have been created and the way that we tick doesn't necessarily go along with what this world is. 
can you please miss but myth bust that alongside me? Like, let's, let's put that to bed. Okay. I I, gladly write this on my tombstone. Basically, I will say this until my last dying day. My my last breath will be like women belong in business. But in today's day and age, in today's world, there's a book that I recommend everyone reads. Number one, mine, but also number two, there's a book called Why She Buys. And um, it is very, very good. It talks about women as consumers in in just the the world in general. Women actually make up 70 to 80% of all consumer decisions, whether that's swiping a credit card or influencing a decision. Women are involved in the process. Women don't like to be sold to, but women like to buy. So the whole point of why women are actually better suited for entrepreneurship and better suited for business just in general to start now is that more women are making a buyer decision and who better to sell to these women than women, right? We understand what women like to hear. We understand what they need to hear. We understand how they like to be talked to. Women buy through emotion, through connection, through relatability, through likability. It's not just about whose offer is the best. There's a lot more that goes to be involved in making an actual buying decision than people give credit for, especially with women. There's a lot of different thoughts that pop into our head. And I'm sure that if you were to sit there and audit yourself on the last few decisions that you've made, a lot of them would be based on feeling, not necessarily fact. So a a lot of people kind of underestimate how important that is, but that's why women are actually better suited for business than ever before is because we understand emotional intelligence. We understand listening to understand, but not just respond. We understand and un- like implement daily, you know, not talking over people and nurturing people and, you know, building relationships. These are basically society driven tools that we have been you know, given that you just have to be utilized in a different way when it comes to the business world, but people naturally just discard, you know, a lot of times we've heard, and I don't know about you, but I've heard my whole life, you know, being emotional is weak or being emotional is, you know, you don't want to, that doesn't belong here. That doesn't belong in business. That's actually our superpower is being emotional and being able to read emotion and, you know, convey emotion and speak to emotion. And all of these things can be really, really impactful when it comes to making an empowered decision. And that's ultimately what we want for all of our clients and customers. Yeah. So good. And that path is so natural for women. And when we think about like relationships and how we hold each other and others in, again, the process, not just the destination. And that really changed my life and understanding like sales and, and how I got to be in business. And so having the tools in your toolbox of what you just said, really, and that understanding. And I love that book of what you just, what was it? Why she buys? Why she is that buys. what it is? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So good. But people being able to actually believe that they have what you like called your book, a seat at the table and, and women really understanding that I think is what will change the game because I think business comes off as so hard and like almost like without feeling, without emotion, without anything, it's just like hard revenue, money, gray, you know, cement where like imagining a world where there are women walking the way that you just described us understanding the ins and the outs how elevated would our industries be? How elevated would the human experience be? Because we live in a communistic society where we're on the front and back end of that, on the receiving and the creating. So it makes me excited to hear a woman like so on fire for this. And we're going to go into some myth busting um, because I think there's some really big, just, I would say lack of truth lies almost that come up for me or did for me and do for others. And I don't want to interrupt you too much here, but even in 
my book, I talk about five myths, right. To starting a business in the beginning. And the, and the first one kind of just goes off to what you were saying, as far as, you know, women initially, at least this is what I believed when I was first, you know, thinking about starting a business is I thought starting a business would be harder than having a job. And I think a lot of women think that because when we think about business, we think of men, like an old white men in skyscrapers, like shaking hands and like moving millions of dollars a minute. And like our view about what business was skews our reality of us being able to fit into that world. Or that we think it's, you know, harder. It's not going to fit into our life, especially women. I mean, I have two kids. So for me, I was like, it was kind of a test. When I first got started a business, I was 19. So I was like, I don't know that I belong in the business world because I'm so young. And then when I got pregnant, I was like, I don't know if I belong in the business world because I have kids. Right. And I was like, everything that I had been told about business was you have to work 24 seven and you never get a break and you need to hustle, hustle, hustle. And it's like the world of Gary V hustle culture, right. That has just been like shoved down our throats where it's like, if you're not working, you know, on your business 24 seven, you're not working hard enough and you don't deserve to be successful and all these things. And I was like, I literally number one can't because I have a family, but I don't want to, I don't want to be just like working into my freaking deathbed. Like the reason why I want a business is to be able to take time and energy and space to be able to give to my kids and be be home with them. Right. But that wasn't like a belief that I had around business necessarily. And that can be our first myth bust, if you will, but like, it doesn't have to be hard and it can fit a woman in whatever life stage she's at. It's available for you. You just have to work it a different way. Like, is it easy? No, not by any means, but it's not as hard as people make it out to be either. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. Yeah. I love that as the first one. So making it, it's more obtainable and it can fit in the way that you fit in the world, you know? Yeah. Um, Cause there's a, a reason you're created the way you are too. I think we often are like, Ooh, that's the only box it works in when really it works in every box. We just have to try. So in that it also breaks beyond the box. So like even saying that I'm like, it's so much bigger than a label, which I think mm-hmm. labels are lazy and humans love lazy. Yeah. Um, whatever we can like quantify feels comfortable. So a quantification, and again, a myth um, that I think totally is a disservice in this industry is that sales is like uncomfortable and it's sleazy. Yeah. I think sales should be fun. I love sales. Anytime I have a sales conversation, I'm like, wow, this feels so freaking good because I get to have a conversation with a human. I get to provide something that solves a problem for them. I get to build a relationship. All of these things are happening through my head. Sales feels good when you approach it in a way that feels good for you. Sales feels bad or, you know, sleazy when you don't feel comfortable with what you're doing. You don't feel confident in what you're doing as well as, you know, I think, I think each of us knows when a sales conversation doesn't feel good. One of my first experiences buying a car was like the most, I use this experience um, in my book as an example, but was the most uncomfortable experience ever. I was almost basically willing to go in. I knew what I wanted. I had, you know, every clue in my mind, I had my God, five month old, I think daughter with me. My husband was with me and the guy literally did not have a conversation with me at all. He kept directing everything to my husband. And I was like, bro, if you don't look me in the eyes right now, like I'm going to fight you. Like he is not buying this car. I am like, but it was such an uncomfortable situation because you could tell that he didn't care about me. He literally didn't care what I had to say. He kept going on about like, features and RPMs or whatever the engine side. I was like, I literally care how many cup holders this 
this thing has. Like, I literally care if there's air vents on the ceilings. Like he just was not speaking to me, my problems, my issues. He didn't care about me. He was just selling the same old thing that he had sold before. And it was like a very obvious disconnect between the buyer and the seller. But when sales can feel good and when it feels good for me is when you care about the other person. I always say that if you're in your own head and you're just like, so like hyper worried about sales, it's because you're not caring enough about the other person. So at that point, it's really important to step out of you and kind of be an objective person to the conversation and be like, how can I care more about the other person? Because then this conversation is going to feel really good. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And understanding it's not all about you is really key yeah. for that. Where I think so often when, when we own a business, I don't know about you, but in the beginning, like infantile stages of my business, I was like, oh, what if they don't like me? What if this isn't yeah. it? Oh, I really need to get the sale, blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, cool. Say goodbye to every ounce of magic possible because you can't connect with someone when you're so you minded. And I think yeah. there are moments when we obviously need like to take care of ourselves very proactively when running a business, but sales aren't about you. At all. I, I always say sales and money are the two things that you should be massively objective towards. Like just kind of disremove yourself from it and just look at it very objectively. It's so neutral. It is so neutral. It's just a medium in which we do something. And yeah. so it's like, if you can look at it objectively and it's hard in the beginning, like you said, because a lot of times there's stake in sales. Like it's easy to say that say that sales and money is neutral and objective when you're at the point where we're at. However, the work that you do in the beginning at keeping it neutral is going to be so foundation building and so important to keeping your head in the right mind spot. Um, because like you said, it's not about you. It's just about them and about like feeling really good and caring about them and delivering something and solving a problem that they have. When we start to like criticize ourselves or it's like, oh, what did I do wrong? Or they didn't like me, like it, we're being selfish in that moment almost. And so it's really, really important to just kind of like disconnect ourselves and pull out and just remember that like, this is neutral. Is there something you can learn from what you did? If so, great. If there's not, you did what you could with what you had in the moment. And like, that's enough, you know, and we just have to be able to give that like kind of even a pat on the back to ourselves to be like, we showed up, we did what we could on to the next, yep. you know? It's so true. And removing the emotions allows for the next to come sooner <laughs> yeah. too. I feel like the the highs and lows of like selling are so toxic for the growth mm-hmm. of your business if you don't remove that emotion. Okay. So second myth is, and oh my gosh, everyone listening, you know, my heart, you are getting to know Carrie's heart. And so I'm saying this with like, oh, so much conviction, because I feel like three years ago, if I had said this, like little me would have been like, <gasps> right. But if you have been around here for a while, you know, that I teach the impact method, which is essentially the identification of integrity in the way that you're serving and knowing that what you're doing is life-changing and believing and being behind that operating out of that place and then making decision after decision every day and every day. And then that is always going to lead to acceleration when so often we live in a life and or in a world that, that says life, you know, is, is defined by acceleration, by the followers, the money, the, this, the, that, right. When it's really the opposite, it starts with knowing you have a really good offer, knowing you have a really nice business with that though. And like holding on to that, because that is a cornerstone of what I've created. I see so many women and Karen and I were talking about this, who literally get so stuck in the serving and in like knowing that they're the best and that their offer is the best, that they won't allow themselves to understand that your business is bigger than just the product that you're offering. Like you need a toolbox that you can pull from every single day. You guys know I talk about the toolbox and sales is such a huge part of that. 
your business is bigger than just what you're giving giving people and just the way that you're serving them. It's about the experience. It's about the sales. It's about so many holistic, beautiful things. And you got to let it be that. So it's, it's really important. So in that, like, would you see people hide behind that? And then do you think that is a myth and kind of walk us through yeah. that? I mean, I hid behind that for a really long time. I was like, you know, if my offer is good enough, it'll sell itself. I don't need to sell it. I didn't get into entrepreneurship to be a salesperson. And then it was really kind of like, it took a little bit of a slap in the face for me to be like, okay, girl, but you did, you signed up for this. So like own it, because if you want to make as big of an impact as you want to, you need to be good at sales. If you want to reach as many people possible, you need to be good at sales. Sales is part of the process. It is important to know how to sell sell yourself. I hear a lot too, like, oh, my business is fine off of word of mouth referrals. And I'm like, why are you okay depending on someone else to sell your business? Why are you okay giving all of that responsibility to someone else that doesn't know your business as well as you? Like you shouldn't be, period. Word of mouth is important. Yeah, but that's only one piece of the pie. Because if you're going to rely your whole business on someone else telling their friend of a friend of a friend about your business, you could be shut down tomorrow. Yep. All it takes is them to stop doing that. And then what? You have you have nothing, right? So it's not reliable in that, in that case in point at all. The only person that you can rely on or count on 100% of the time is you. It's your responsibility to sell your offer, period, at the end of the day. That's just literally like the base foundation. And it's important to value that, to be like, okay, I know that I'm the best person possible to sell what it is that I have to offer. Let me get really good at it. Mm-hmm. Let me know how to sell it in a way that's authentic and that feels really good. So that way people have the best possible experience because I know I can control that part. So my thing is like control what you can control. And that is how you present your offer. That is how you sell it. That's how you, you know, have conversations and build relationships, get really good at that because that's the only part you can control. Whether they say yes or no is a mute point, but you can control how you act and how you show up and how you present the offers. And at that point, you know, when you kind of shift the focus from like, okay, now I've got a really good offer. I'm really good at what I do. Now let me get kind of really good at the flip side at talking about what I do and having that confidence there. I I just think it's really, really important. And it's so underestimated, like so underestimated. Oh, I, I completely agree. And again, taking claiming responsibility back, I think life is and business specifically too are a beautiful balance between like self-compassion and personal responsibility and sales takes that to a next level, right? Really good sales skills. They cannot be stopped. And so we're going to go into our last myth, which is, and I love this so much. It's not just about who has the best offer because that's, that's not a myth. That's the truth. What I see so many people just like ruminate in is that, oh, she just sold half a million worth of that. She's the best in the industry. She probably isn't. She probably just really good at sales and marketing. And guess what? (laughs) Good for her, right? Um, The most brilliant people I have met in whatever they do are in the research lab. They are not in front of the Instagram story. And that is totally fine. But you have to understand that what you are running is a holistic thing. And, um, it's not just about who has the best offer, which means you got to sharpen yourself. Right. Yep. And I also think that it's really important to, to recognize that like when it comes to like, it's a rat race, who has the best offer, who has the best, this, who has the best, like that is so like outwardly focused on everybody else. In reality, it's like, am I really freaking good at what I do? Am I really good at what I do? Yes. Great. Now let me sell it. Like, don't even think about anyone else. So many people, I honestly think it's a, um, and women will love to wear this as a badge of honor. They'll be like, oh, I'm a perfectionist. 
It's like everyone's favorite worst quality about themselves. And I'm like, okay, but like that is so harmful in the business world. So harmful because there's like different avenues. I talk about this in my book as well. There's like different avenues where people can kind of live. Imposter syndrome is almost, in my opinion, a shadow of perfectionism. And they'll wait to take action because of imposter syndrome sitting in the fact of like, oh, my offer needs to be the best or like I need to know the most. And that was me. That was me when I first got started. It's so easy and natural to hide in almost this fear of being like, exposed and like, I need to know the most, I need to be the best X, Y, and Z. Um, when in reality, you just need to know enough. You just need to know enough than the person and more than the person you're selling to. You don't need to be the best. You don't need a PhD. You don't need all of these things. I don't need, I, I mean, I dropped out of college at 19. I don't have a degree by any means, but I have a ton of experience and the people that are buying from me are, you know, getting results based off that experience. It's not like everyone has to be the best of the best in order to sell something. Do we have to have integrity? Yes. Do we have to have a good offer that provides a solution that works? Yes. But people put so much pressure in that because it's something they feel more comfortable with than in the sales portion, right? Because that's something so outside their comfort zone. They're like, no, no, like I just need to focus on this. And it's just a way for you to kind of sit in this perfectionism and avoid selling when in reality, you know, your offer is good right? You know that you want to be in business. You know, your offer is good, but you're just, you're, you're sitting on it because you're scared. And in reality, that fear is only going to keep you small. Like it's not going to do anything for you. I always tell people there's a line obviously between messy action and being set up for success, but so many people will just sit and wait and wait and wait in order to take action. When, even if you can just move the needle forward in one small way, that will eventually add up. Even if it's not taking one big leap, but just move the needle forward some way, as far as getting closer to selling or getting closer to putting out your offer. It's just so important. Yeah, I completely agree. And I think when it comes down to it too, you know, my dad is in the military too. And so I want whoever's listening to like visualize if you see someone who's like a soldier who's super decorated. So he has like all the medals on him. Like, obviously he's going to have clout and people are going to be like, wow, look at him. But if you're on the battlefield, you're going to want the person who's like taking charge and finding solutions and like paving the way. And sometimes that is the same person. Sometimes that is the person who is extremely decorated when you see them off the field, but sometimes it's not. And so figuring out who that is for you, because when you are in integrity, like we were talking about, and someone is taking that action, whether it's messy or not, you're going to find the people for you that you can learn the most with and, you know, in beside. And those are the people that you should really learn and buy from. I think so often too, when we are stuck and waiting, like you were saying, then it's easy to judge when really, when someone is selling and actually standing out there, anyone who's actually done it is like good for her. Right. So I, yeah. I really want whoever is listening to be that girl. I want you to be like, mm, good for her, no matter how perfect it is or not perfect it is. It takes guts. And I hope that you'll be her and that you'll just move forward and understand that there's so much value and just learning as you go and owning what you don't and, and just moving through it. Okay. So Carrie, thank you so much for being here. Do you have any closing thoughts? Thank you so much for having me. This is such a fun conversation. Anytime I can talk about like how to get more women in business, I am down for it. I'm here for all of it. If anyone is, you know, interested in where to find me, you can find me on social media. It's Carrie Brady, but it is spelled with a K. So just got to make sure we don't like autocorrect up in here. It's K-A-R-R-I-E-B-R-A-D-Y. It's my Instagram. That's also my website, carriebrady.com. So you can find me all the places. You can find my book on my website. If you guys are from 
this podcast and you find me on social media, feel free to also send me a DM and tell me that you found me from Allie. Cause I would just love to like pop in, say hi and get your thoughts on the episode. So, but thank you again so much for having me. And yeah, if anyone wants to chit chat woman in business, you guys now know where to find me. Absolutely. You're definitely our kind of woman. All of the details on where you can find Carrie are below. So just click below with the show notes. You can click through and go stalker because there's so much goodness there. So thank you so much, Carrie. We so appreciate it. Everybody, if you listen to this episode and you loved it, I know that you did just screenshot it, um, throw it on your story, tag both of us, and we will reshare as many as humanly possible. We adore you. We are here for you. We're on your team and we'll see you next week at Right Up Your Alley.